Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Salt Lake City, Utah. Welcome to the show, Steve Olson. Hey, how you doing? Great to have you here. Good to be here. So, Steve, we are living certainly in interesting times, and you developed a strategy coming out of the last recession to build a particular product class in new construction, and would love to hear how that's gone for you since the last economic cycle as we're entering the next economic cycle. Why don't you give us a bit of your backstory? Sure, sure. I'm with FIG, the Fourplex Investment Group, as we're commonly called. And our start came in 2010. Back in 2010 here in the States, specifically in the Western United States, people wanted to have you committed if you were buying raw land. (laughs) Land was really, really cheap at the time. And we thought, well, there's a lot of liquidity out there. People want to invest, but they're scared. They're they're nervous and they want something that gives them a little bit of protection. And we thought, you know, a, a fourplex would be great because most of what we had seen in fourplexes was old rundown fourplexes. They, they kind of clustered together through the 70s and 80s when builders were really putting them up. Wherever our listeners are at today probably know of some of those neighborhoods in their, their own markets where there's a lot of fourplexes around, but they fall into disrepair over the years because there's no common ownership. There's no HOA or something to take advantage of preserving the value of the community. So we thought, well, can we do that? Because the fourplex offered a couple of benefits in that you get true 30-year fixed rate financing, but you get some of the benefits of a multifamily property, meaning you've got multiple tenants, you're, you're diversified a little bit. So the product is designed to weather uncertain times. It has some attributes that allow it to do that. In 2010, we really kind of went nowhere but up uh, in, in the markets that we operate in, which are Utah, Texas, Idaho, and, and very soon Arizona. So it's done well. The properties have appreciated, the rents have gone up, but I'm, uh, what's a good word for nervous and excited at the same time to see how it holds up considering what's going on right now. There's some reasons that make me think it'll do pretty well, but also uh, what's going on right now is making us all question many things. So we're, we're excited. It's done really well to date and now, now it's go time as we record this. Absolutely. Now, a fourplex, obviously, from a construction standpoint, having those common walls, those party walls, does lower your construction cost. It makes the total cost of construction on a per square foot basis a bit more efficient than building single family homes. But at the same time, you're probably not going to get the same rent per square foot that you would get in a detached single family home. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, we, we've generally found that to be true. It's hyper local, right? So whenever we put a fourplex community, out into the, the marketplace to lease, it's interesting to see how the market reacts to it. Now, typically, we build these townhome style. So to the average tenant, they're driving through a townhome community. That's what they see. On the county records, those first four townhomes are one parcel. The next four are another parcel, right? So there's a little bit of difference as to how a lender perceives it versus how a tenant perceives it. And so we'll look at the comparables for townhomes, single families, other apartments. Uh, Generally, we've noticed that um, we're not quite worth as much as most single family homes in the marketplace, uh, depending on the amenities and the the project that we're doing in the area. Depends on apartments too. We won't get as much as class A apartments. But yeah, you know, people go, I want a yard, I'm willing to pay for it. So it doesn't end up being too difficult because the comps are there. You can, you can typically drill down on that. And in the areas that we develop, 
we have enough of a portfolio to where we know exactly what people will pay for our product. I think that's very smart because certainly the townhouse product today is still very much in demand. It has the exterior walls, both front and back, and the end units, of course, have more exterior walls, so you've got more natural light coming in. And the townhouse product exists at both ends of the market, both at the Mm -hmm. entry level as well as even the executive townhouse at the high end of the market. So it doesn't have the stigma of the traditional 1970s dark dingy fourplex that you talked about. That's right. That's right. And we've, in a way, been doing this whole large scale build and rent model for longer than anybody. I mean, when you go back to 2010, now it's pretty popular out there with with some of these companies like Hancock and Avila Homes and such. But we can try to capture some of the benefit of single family living in a townhouse. Obviously, you can't get all of it, right? But you get more space. But also, let's bring in some of those amenities that people want. So we'll do a little clubhouse, workout facility, pool, dog park, playground. Like I said, it's not high A class amenities. You've been in some of these A class apartments that are just beautiful, but that's not our target. And we're looking for somebody more in the middle in that B class that can't quite afford that single family experience right? But they don't want an apartment experience either. There's certainly a tremendous amount of demand. A lot of people that today are renting grew up in a single family home. They may not necessarily afford a single family home today, but they want something approaching that experience. And they don't want to necessarily be part of a large multifamily complex where they're you know just a number out of 400 units. So I think there's a tremendous amount of demand for that particular product class. And I see a lot of developers increasingly focusing on rental townhouses. I think it's a very smart maneuver. What are your thoughts on the whole question of residential versus commercial underwriting? You know, the four unit, if it's individually deeded, falls under residential. It certainly doesn't preclude you from creating a portfolio and putting a blanket commercial loan over the whole thing. What's the strategy? Right. So we have a couple of clients right now who are taking that commercial approach. They're doing a syndication, raised a bunch of capital, and they're going to buy, say, 10 fourplexes within one of our subdivisions. And you're correct. They'll, they'll get a, we have them get a construction loan with one of our preferred lenders, and then they do the takeout on a commercial basis. But that's not our specialty. We are hyper-focused in that fourplex because four units and under, you can get that true 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. There is no 10-year balloon. There are no lease audits. The qualification is based on your debt-to-income ratio, your employment, credit score and whether you've got the the down payment or not. So an investor comes in, they come in with 25% down and now they own this on a true 30-year fixed rate mortgage. And so that's one side of it where we look at what we're going through now. Nobody's sure, am I going to get my rent? How much of it am I going to get? That can become a little bit more problematic on some of the commercial deals for some reasons, but there are advantages to that as well. But it allows the doctor or the business owner, the person who's not going into these larger deals to get some of the benefits of those, but also some of those things they're more familiar with on the single family front when it comes to financing. True 30-year fixed rate mortgage. There's a lot of power in having that fixed rate mortgage that's got a full amortization associated with it because you're not going to get caught in that market cycle where you say, oops, my renewal came up at a bad moment in the market cycle and now I'm caught. I may have made every single loan payment, but now I've got a maturity default because I can't refinance or renew at the current market conditions like we saw so many people struggle with in the aftermath of 2008. Right, right. Nobody's changing your payment, right? We remember those adjustable rate mortgages that all kicked in in 07, 08. Um, on the commercial side, you know, you're due for a refi or a balloon payment. On this one, 
if you keep enough dry powder to weather weird situations like this, you, you can just move through it. It may take a year. It may take five years. But like I said, nobody's, nobody's coming calling to collect on this thing as long as you are able to make that principal and interest payment. I love that. Now, you talked a little bit about hyperlocal. So let's talk about what are the characteristics that you look for to place a community like this? Is there a certain dollar per square foot that you're looking for for the raw land in order for this to make sense? Well, we're pegged to rents, right? That, that really is where everything is backed into. We're going to look at the market. What cap rate do fourplexes absorb at? Generally, you can tell that. You know, we're, we're licensed agents and we can get on the MLS and use other research tools. We'd like to get um, you know, 14 to 16 units per acre, depending on where we're building. We want to be in a landlord-friendly state. We want to be somewhere where we can operate, right? We, we think there are a lot of great markets out there, but we can't operate in all of them. It's just, when you're going to do this business model that we do, you expand very slowly to make sure that you get it right. But we'll, we'll take a look and say, okay, some of the standard floor plans that we can build, how, what's our density? What can we get? What is the typical rent? And can we offer a product that's attractive to an investor compared to what else is on the market in that area? That's how we back into this. That makes a lot of sense. So you're performing the traditional residual land cost analysis that anyone would do for any project uh, where there's new development involved. That's correct. Yeah, we're pegged to rents. And, and ultimately, if, if we see a market here over the short to medium term where maybe land becomes a little bit more affordable or building materials do, right? Some of these variables that really influence a builder's decisions, we know we have to compete with what's out there. So uh, I've had people ask me, well, are you going to lower your prices? I don't know. Are the land sellers going to lower theirs or are building materials going to come down? Time will tell on that. But that is kind of our trademark is because we do a pre-construction new build. You know, we've got to be able to deliver a cap rate that's a little bit better than what somebody could get on the open market. What unit size have you, or what square footage have you targeted, meaning who's ultimately your target client? Are these young professionals? Are they families? Are they multi-generational families? A lot of that would determine the size of unit that you're targeting in each specific market. Well, we've built one, two, three bedroom units. Mostly we're two or three. Sometime we have even done apartment style units, depending on the, the local market. But I would say on average, our units are anywhere from 1,300 to 1,700 square feet. And, and that's going to be a three-bedroom. If we're a two-bedroom, then you're going to be 11 to, to 13 most likely. We're, we're getting younger tenants, young professionals, young families is what we're mostly targeting. When you look at the neighborhoods that we do this in, in certain suburbs of Salt Lake City and Houston, and we're in Boise, Idaho, that, that's who shows up for these kinds of things because we're trying to deliver the best possible bang for the buck on square footage. You can rent a nicer unit than ours. It's going to cost you three, 400 bucks a month more though. So we're targeting a young kind of growing professional or a young family to where that, that makes a difference. They want that footage, but that cost makes a difference. When it comes to properties like this, there's a couple of different forms of competition. You mentioned one, that is the alternative product. Uh, in the B-class apartment or in the B-class townhouse, one of the forms of competition is people eventually getting out of a rental and buying their own home. How do you see that overlap from an affordability standpoint? So they're comparing it, you know, what's my cost of, of buying my own home? And we have a fair amount of tenants that do, that do use us as a bridge. They're in the process of doing that. They stay for a year or two while 
maybe they're building or they're saving up and, and that is their eventual goal. We like that tenant, even though they're a little more short term. They're definitely worried about their credit though. They're going to be a good tenant because they can't screw up their financing in the, in the meantime, right? So they're going to evaluate us that way. We have other people that just stay for a long time. You know, we've got a project in an area named Magna, Utah, which is a blue collar area. A lot of logistical jobs. So we're not going to see that as much. They're, they're just looking for the cleanest, best deal they can get on a rental property there. Versus um, we've got a project in Cypress, Texas. Nice school district, great area, growing suburbs. So you'll see a mix there. You'll see people that are just life renters, but other people that where we're a stop along the journey. And so if they're kind of comparing us to buying, I always say if somebody's able to buy, they're going to do it. You know, they're not going to look at our units and say, well, I could buy, but I'm going to rent this instead. They're not going to do it. They, they come rent from us because we're a stop along the way, or that's just what they do in their life. I love that. Well, you sounds like you've got an amazing strategy. You've got it dialed in pretty well. My best wishes for this next cycle as, as it unfolds for all of us. Uh, we're going to be learning a lot, that's for sure. If folks want to get in touch, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Oh, yeah, it's easy. Just go to our website. It's fig, like the fruit, fig.us. Terrific. Well, thank you, Steve, for sharing your thoughts with us today. It's a great, great strategy you put together. I love what you've done. And for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to Steve at fig.us, F-I-G.us. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>